It's good to see you all this morning. We've been in a series. It's entitled 40 Days of Prayer. Um, I hope, hope it's been a blessing to you so far, and I'm hopeful that you've been able to use the devotional guides that we had. I know several of you uh, picked those up and have been utilizing them. For some of us, it'll be 40 days of prayer. For some of us, it might be 120 or 340 days of prayer, working our way through that devotional guide. Uh, it may take you a while, but uh, let me just say, don't feel bad about that. If, it's t- if, if you're a little behind, that's okay. Don't get hung up on that. Uh, just, just re-engage. That's, that's a lot, so much of what God is looking for is just you and me to engage and just to, to keep coming back, to keep coming back, to keep seeking Him. So uh, glad, that, uh, glad that you've uh, been with us this series. Today we're talking about when prayers go unanswered. We're talking about that because all of us have that experience at some point in time along the way in our spiritual lives. Recently, heard a, a preacher who uh, had a really attentive five-year-old daughter. Uh, she would sit down front every week as he spoke, and uh, she noticed that every Sunday her father would always pause just before he would start his sermon, and he would he would kind of be caught, uh, quiet, just bow his head for a moment and pause. And one day she said, uh, "Daddy, why do you do that?" Well, honey, the pastor began proud that his daughter was so attentive observant of his messages, and he said, I'm asking the Lord to help me preach a good sermon. And she said after a brief pause, how come he doesn't do it? <laughs> All of us wonder about unanswered prayers, even five-year-olds. You know, it's just one of those things. That, you, know, you think about what the experience would be for a five-year-old or even a 50-year-old. Some of you, you hear my preaching, you say, God still isn't answering prayer. You're praying for me, and I appreciate that. But Almost 25 years ago, uh, I think back to when uh, Southwoods was, was a, a young church. We were about tw- uh, five years old at that time as a church. Uh, we were meeting in Oxford Middle School, 127th in Schweitzer, if you're familiar with the area and know where that is. Uh, we'd begun looking for land. It was time to get out of the schools and get our own place. And during that time, I learned of some land on the northeast corner of 143rd in Antioch. And uh, about 25 acres, it was perfect land. It was a great location. Uh, the price seemed to be a little bit high, but, you know, that always seems to be the case anytime you're actually looking for land. If you're not looking, it's great prices. You start looking and they're like crazy. And uh, so it was a little high, but we had a plan, a strategy. Uh, the owner was a Christian man, a believer. He had always dreamed, as I interacted with him, had always dreamed of having a church on his property. And we, we just, we, I mean, we just thought this was it. We would prayed, our leaders did. We prayed and prayed and prayed. We fasted. Uh, for about eight months, we worked with this gentleman to try to make things come together. And one day, out of you know, just total surprise to all of us, he sold the land to another developer for less than we were going to give him. It just made no sense whatsoever to us. We were sick. And I just kept thinking to myself, I just kept thinking, you know, we prayed and we prayed and we fasted. And God, you... We know that you called us to start this church. We know you got a plan for Southwoods. How on earth could this deal not come together? I mean, what, what is the problem here? I just wrestled with that inside. Some of you perhaps who were around back in those days did a little bit. Maybe you've experienced unanswered prayer or a prayer answer that is answered in a way that you're not uh, really hoping for uh, in your own life. Maybe it's been some kind of a health concern. Maybe it's infertility. Maybe, uh, maybe it has to do with your job, a promotion that you thought you were going to get, that it, like every indication was you were the person who's going to get the next advancement. 
only to have, uh, after lots of prayer and lots of what you thought were leadings from God, you know, it, it, the carpet, the rug be pulled out from underneath you on that. Maybe you've got a relational situation with a spouse or a parent or a, a son or a daughter or a friend that you just, you pray and pray and pray and it doesn't change directions. Every one of us wonders, sometime during the course of our lives, why hasn't my prayer been answered? You felt that? You know, Jesus couldn't be more emphatic in Scripture. You know, ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open. I mean, he, he, he says that kind of stuff all over the place in the Gospels, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And so we're left to wonder, why does God answer some prayers and not others? And for the next few minutes, we're going to talk about that because uh, it's important for us to understand that. If you'll listen close this morning, and let me just encourage you. I mean, this is like the summation of my thoughts and reflections and the study of people who I've met, who mentored me over the years, just reflection. This is like a summation of like almost 40 years in ministry, almost 40 years. My encouragement to you, this will be a good morning to take notes. Because not just for your sake, but for those who are in relationship with you, because every single person who follows Jesus is going to come face to face with this issue at some point in time in their lives. And uh, so uh, um, I encourage you if, you, if you listen close this morning, I think it'll increase the likelihood of your prayers being answered with a yes in some instances. And I think some of what we're going to talk about this morning will just minimally help you to better understand what God's up to when you and I are praying and what's going on during that transaction. So let's talk for a few minutes about four factors that influence how God answers our prayers. The first factor that influences our prayer lives with God and just why some are, prayers are answered yes and some are answered no and some are kind of delayed and so forth. The first factor is just this, the request, the request itself. I want you to think about this. What would happen if tomorrow you asked your parents, you know, those of you who are young people, if you asked your parents, Dad, Mom, buy me a Ferrari, How's that likely to work out? Uh, how, how about if you ask your dog to vacuum up his own hair? Come on, Sam. We got a yellow lab who's like a hair factory. And for whatever reason right now, he is blowing hair out like it's just, it's frightening. The other day it was so much, I just thought, I thought, you know, in the old days they would take feathers and stuff and stuff, pillows, I thought, you know, pillowcase. I just thought, I, we got so much hair, we could, we could shove a pillowcase full of this stuff. And I thought, I wonder if that would be good or bad. Just had kind of that warped thought go through my mind. I mean, there are some things that we can think to ourselves that we could request of, of people or animals or whatever, that the fact is, it's just a, it's just a wacky request. You know what I'm saying? It's just ridiculous. It's a It's a request that's unreasonable. Wouldn't even be good to answer it. Doesn't dignify an answer. Sometimes people do that sort of thing to God in prayer. We've all done it. You know, you hear of people who sometimes ask questions like, should I tell the IRS my actual income? I mean, is that, you know, they're wrestling with that. And, um, oh God, they pray, you know, should I... Run off with my coworker even though I'm married and have children? Should I do that? I mean, because they're feeling led to have an affair. Um, and so they're kind of praying about this. They're trying to make it spiritual. 
The request is just wrong. It's against the will of God. It's clear in the Bible. It doesn't make sense. It's kind of, it's kind of a bogus prayer request. And so we get no answer because God's almost in shock that we've asked it, right? It's important that we understand that if you and I don't know the Bible, it's possible that we could ask some of these bogus requests and not know that they're bogus. Have you thought about that? And the trickle-down of that is I'm asking God for something that it is patently clear He would never approve of. And I'm getting frustrated because I'm getting nowhere with God on this matter. And I can't figure out why. Well, it's... I need to read. I need to learn the mind of God, the heart of God, and ask, ask requests that are consistent with His worldview and His values and make His values and His worldview more my values, more my worldview and... So are you, are you growing in your familiarity with Scripture? Because as you do, your prayer life will improve. It will. If you're not reading Scripture, get you a good Bible. Take the one in the chair in front of you. Um, read, read. You'll learn how God thinks. But there's a second factor that influences how God answers our prayers. It's not just the request itself, but it's a second factor is what I'm just calling heart problems. You know, spiritually speaking, of course, I'm not talking about, you know, the, the cardiovascular system within your body. I'm talking about the spiritual, your spiritual heart. There are multiple examples of spiritual heart problems that show up in Scripture, but three that I'll highlight this morning that negatively affect your prayers and mine. And I mentioned these three because three, these three are the most common, the most uh, consequential in terms of influencing our prayer lives in a negative way. Uh, or a positive way if we've got these in alignment, but they're sort of stated in the negative in the te biblical text. In James chapter 4, you find uh, where, where the writer of the book of James says this, What's causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. You're not praying. And even when you ask, when you do pray, notice what he says, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. What's the biblical text saying? The biblical text is pointing out that sometimes our prayers are actually interfered with. The requests that we offer to God are messed up. Not because maybe we're not asking for a right thing, but it's like our motives are all junked up. I mean, we're motivated by what will give us pleasure, according to the text. We're jealous of somebody else. We want to take something away from somebody else in order to make it mine. And so our prayers are so messed up from a motivational standpoint. Our heart is so um, clogged, if you will, with that kind of stuff that God just, it would be wrong for Him to grant the request that we're making. It wouldn't help us do more damage to us, even if he did the good thing that maybe we're asking for. Another example we find it, it affects our, our heart problem kind of issue that affects prayers in Psalm 66, verses 17, 18. Um, it's just a prayer that the psalmist wrote here. It's, I cried out to him for help, praising him as I spoke. So just talking about a, a prayer, I'm just praising God and 
If I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have, see it, listened. Some of us are going through life and we've got unconfessed sin. I mean, it's willful disobedience in our lives. I mean, there's hardness of heart there. I mean, the carotid arteries of our soul are just, are just clogged and hardened. And, and so when we lift our prayers to God, it's just, it, it's like a clanging gong to Him. He just can't, he can't even hear what we're saying for all of the, the brokenness inside of us, the sin. Unconfessed sin can lead to unanswered prayer. It's a matter of a heart problem if that's the case. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7 gives us another example of these heart problems that affect our prayer lives where the text just says, In the same way you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker, and it's speaking physically, she may be weaker physically than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. And then notice this last phrase, Treat her as you should. Why? The text answers it. So your prayers will not be hindered. I mean, God's calling it out right here in the text. Treating your spouse, treating others for that matter, in a Christ-like manner impacts our prayer lives. Influences our prayers for the better, for the worse. And, and sometimes God answers our prayers or doesn't answer her prayers, answers them a particular way because of these kinds of heart issues going on inside of us. I just want to ask you, do you have any spiritual heart problems? I don't know what you've been asking God for, but do you have heart problems that are, that are clogging progress from God's perspective for you? So what you have to understand, God wants to answer your prayer. He wants to answer my prayer. That is His general nature. But these things matter. Are there any heart problems here? There's a third factor that influences how God answers prayers and why He answers some yes and some no and some wait and maybe and so forth, why He does this sort of thing. The third factor is a little thing called timing. I don't know if any of you had this experience when I was about 13 years of age. I thought I was ready to drive. I had already driven on some country roads. I, you know, I was, I was ready to drive. Now, I wasn't getting behind my parents' wheel in Tulsa and, you know, like going off on my own. But in my heart of hearts, I thought I'm ready to drive and had a little problem. The problem was a little thing called timing. Nobody else was ready for me to drive. See, it just wasn't the case. Um, same thing's true for many of our prayer requests. It's, sometimes we bring to God a fine request. We bring good heart, good motives. But the fact is the timing of our request is a little off. We're, we're not... We're not ready for that. I think of David, King David, who wants to build a temple for God. Was his heart right in that? Yes. The timing and the person who was supposed to do that was a little off. God's plan was not for David to build that temple. His plan was for Solomon, his son, to build that temple. David didn't quite understand that. 
initially, just like we don't understand sometimes. And when, when our timing's off, God delays because he's not codependent. I mean, he does what's right, not just what would make us feel better. And when he delays, sometimes we wonder, we begin to wonder, is there a problem with my request? Is there a problem with me? Why hasn't God answered my prayer? We become tempted to make judgments about God. Maybe, maybe God's not really listening after all. And, and if we get wound up enough, we can cycle down this path that, that just leads to all sorts of heart problems in here on our part. When the truth of the matter is really, it's a matter of timing or it's a matter of a fourth factor. A fourth factor why some of our prayers are answered yes or no or wait or maybe. The fourth factor is this. What I call spiritual character testing. This is the one that we most despise, all of us. Spiritual character testing. I want you to think of some biblical examples of this for, uh, with me. Think back to Job. Job was a man after God's own heart. The, the book of Job describes him as blameless. As, you know, he, he was this paragon of virtue in an era of violence and corruption and hardness of heart toward God. And, and here's a guy who's fully devoted to God, fully devoted. And the next thing you know, his children die, his properties are destroyed, everything he owns, lost. Some of it stolen, some of it destroyed by natural disaster, or as we read the, the text, supernatural disaster. If you read the biblical text, that'll mess with you a little bit. Eventually what happens is his own health is taken from him. And the whole time he's talking to God and he's talking to his friends and he's pleading for clarity, pleading for understanding. And he's tried like everything to be faithful to God. But you know, for the longest time, what the response was? Crickets. Nothing. Silence. Chattering from his friends who had all of their brilliant ideas for why he was going through what he was experiencing. And the truth of the matter was, it really wasn't any of what they said. In fact, at the end of the story, when he finally does come to understanding, he spends a whole bunch of time, I mean, God tells him, you need to pray for your friends and then I'll forgive them. That's what God tells him to do. So he prays for the friends so that they're, so that they're okay because God was beside himself with them, the way they handled Job in the deal. But I want you to think about Job. What was going on? This is spiritual character testing. There was silence, delay, continuation of that which Job thought should not have continued. It was a spiritual test of character. We could talk about Abraham who had been promised by God a son, an heir to his, his fortune. He was, he was going to be the the legacy of a fulfilled promise that God made him. And what's, what's Abraham have to do after getting this promise from God? He waits for 25 years, 25 years, to the point where he and his wife are basically, by our standards, well past childbearing age. And um, 
Eventually he got his promised son Isaac, but he had to wait. His prayers were delayed. I think of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, who's sweating great drops of blood and essentially gets a, a no in response when he's pleading, God, it, if it is possible, take this cup from me. The response he gets is a no. I can't take that from you. This is what it's going to require. Think of 2,000 years of Christians praying for the return of Jesus. To set the world right, to, to finally usher in justice and righteousness and to uh, rescue the world from its depravity. What's going on in this, all of this? In these individual situations and in this giant one, it's spiritual character testing. The Bible tells us how to handle that kind of situation. Let me give you one take on this, depending on what your situation is. Jesus himself tells us in Luke chapter 18, just paints this picture. He says, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. How, how, how often should we pray? Always. And how often should we give up? Never. Okay, thank you. I'm sorry, but that, I'm just, I want that to sink. Always pray and never give up. He tells this story. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God, I don't care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she's wearing me out with her constant requests. And then Jesus, the Bible says, the Lord said, learn a lesson from this, from this unjust judge. Okay? This is an unjust judge and he's going to compare him with the just and righteous, compassionate, good and virtuous judge who is, of course, God himself. He says, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, Jesus asked, how many will he find on earth who have faith? See, the spiritual character test is, is partly a test of faith. And Jesus is saying, when God's response to your or my prayers is delayed, when timing is a factor, when spiritual character testing is a factor, he's saying, persist in your prayers anyway. Don't give up. Pray through as the people of years gone by used to say, just keep praying, just keep praying, just keep banging on the doors of heaven. If it's timing, you'll break through. If it's spiritual character testing, if you keep praying from a place of humility, you hear me? From a place of humility... 
many of us will break through then too, eventually. We may not always understand why our request is delayed or unanswered for a long time in some instances. You may have to be like Abraham who waits 25 years. We don't know how long Job waited. Some of Jonah's requests thankfully weren't answered, never came to pass. Some of our requests will undoubtedly be like that. But if you and I are praying, prayerful from a humble and patient place in our spirit, from our heart, someday we're going to understand an awful lot of things. A lot of it this side of heaven and that which we can't make sense of this side of heaven. The day will come when that... I, I kept thinking about 1 Corinthians 13 where it talks about now we see as through a glass dimly and darkly. But the day will come when we will... We who are known perfectly will know perfectly. Everything there is to know about God and everything there is to know about what really matters to us in this life. Job eventually came to understanding. Abraham eventually came to understanding. Many others in Scripture eventually did break through. Much of the time you and I will too. We've got to stay humble. We've got to stay in a place of patience from a heart standpoint. Is that where you are in your prayer life? I can assure you it's not an easy place to stay. Most of us have moments where we feel like where I'm not trying to manipulate God or trying to force or coerce Him to do that which I want Him to do desperately. And that really is at the root of what the song earlier was talking about, which is, you know, help me to want the healer more than the healing. Help me to want the Savior more than the saving. That's a place of Humility. Because in that place, you're recognizing and acknowledging that even if things don't go my way right now, I know that the day is coming when it'll go my way because, I, because I've chosen my way and my way is His way and it'll come to pass. Is that where you are? Is that where you're willing to go in your prayer life? Because if you will... The byproduct of that is going to be even more answered prayer. Because God is going to say yes to that a whole lot more. You may have your timing issues, but the heart issues won't be a heart issue. It just won't be an issue. So what have you been praying about lately? I encourage you to remember the importance of your request. Remember the importance of, of a clean heart before God. Remember the importance of timing and how that plays into it. Remember that spiritual testing is, is always a part of our lives somewhere along the journey. These are four factors that influence how God responds to our prayers. 
if we'll stay humble and persistent in our prayers, the promise of Jesus is that you and I can ask and we'll receive, seek and we'll find, we can knock and the door will be opened. For what loving father would not give his son or daughter what they ask for? Of course they would. Because they're asking for the right stuff. Let's be those kinds of children to our Heavenly Father. I want to close today's message with uh, the lyrics of another, of, of another country song. It's an old one, though. And uh, back in the mid-90s, somebody who some of you will know, you'll recognize this. Some of you wrote a song entitled Unanswered Prayers. You think of the song. Who's the, who's the singer? Garth Brooks, Garth Brooks. Some of you impressed that I even knew that he had a song. I want you to listen to a few of the lyrics, okay? Just listen to the lyrics. I won't sing it like him. (laughs) Though on another day I maybe would, but I'm not going to try that on you. Here are the lyrics, just the first verse, because the first verse in the chorus makes the point. Just the other night at a hometown football game, my wife and I ran into an old high school flame And as I introduced them, the past came back to me. And I couldn't help but think of the way things used to be. She was the one that I'd wanted for all times. And each night I'd spend praying that God would make her mine. And if he'd only grant me this wish I wished back then, I'd never ask for anything again. And then you know the chorus. Sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. It's a true country song, isn't it? Remember when you're talking to the man upstairs that just because he doesn't care doesn't mean he, just because he doesn't answer doesn't mean he don't care. Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. And he goes on to bear tribute to his wife and just the blessing that she is and kind of wraps up the song. Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. Truth is, unanswered prayer gets a bad rap from Christians and humanity as a whole. God is loving even when he doesn't answer. The issue is, am I loving when I do ask? Am I coming from a place of humility of spirit where I'm seeking what's truly good for someone else or for me or my family or for the world at large? Or am I just wanting what I want? It's about the heart. It has everything to do. If we had to boil it down to one thing, that would be it. You open your heart to God this morning and just, maybe this morning some of us need to look heavenward and just confess, God, I've asked for some things I shouldn't. Shouldn't have. I look back and those were some bogus requests. Maybe you need to confess those. Maybe some of us this morning have asked for some things. The truth is they're selfish. That doesn't mean that you don't ask for something that you need. Doesn't even mean you don't ask for something you want. Just acknowledge it. You know, just acknowledge, you know, God, I, I don't need a new camper. But I would like one. I would like one. I like that countertop that's in that counter. And mine's like, you know, Formica. You know what I'm saying? It's like... At least acknowledge it. It's it's an exchange of respect when that's the case. We're not trying to manipulate anybody 
And I'm convinced that if we come at it that way, God kind of looks at us and he kind of, just like you would if it was your kid, kind of shake your head and roll the eyes and you'll be okay. We'll get one of those from him somehow. And sometimes, maybe even a camper, whatever it is you're asking for. Because he's not hard-hearted. He's not hard-hearted. He doesn't have heart problems. Remember, I'm the one who struggles with that, not him. He demonstrated it was, his is not junked up. That was evidenced by his death on the cross. He left the garden and went to the cross. His heart's fine. It's right here. And if we keep asking and keep seeking from a place of humility, God will help us to make our way through those tests of character. Because whether we know it or not, we were made, we're made to prevail even in those instances. He sets us up to succeed if we're patient and humble. Let's stand together and close in prayer. Hope that uh, you'll ponder these things. Happy to dialogue about any of those. If you've got something going on in your life you'd like us to pray for you about this morning, we'd happy, be happy to do that afterwards. And maybe, maybe you've been praying and you just feel like you're stuck. There have been times in my life where I've come to the realization, Lori and I think back to early days where we, uh, the church, we realized there were some issues in our life that every time we prayed about them, there was no progress. But every time we invited other people to pray, suddenly things began to happen like that. And... and uh, and again, that's about character development and the heart and all of this. And maybe just God's saying, you need to come out of your own little bubble on this stuff. You need to be, come out of your own little shell and humble yourself and be prayed for. If that's you, we'd be happy to pray for you. No shame, no criticism, because we're all, we've all been there at some point. So uh, we'd be happy to pray for you afterwards. Before we, uh, before we head out to... Uh, just a reminder that, uh, you know, Paul is transitioning. We talked about this last week. Paul's transitioning off of our paid staff here. He'll be around, but he, we're having a little reception for him right afterwards. And, and I hope that you can hang around and just say your, your thanks to Paul. And Paul's parting request from the staff was that as we leave, that you would unhook your chairs <laughs> this morning. As, uh, as you head that direction, in part because we're going to have the Fall Fest in here today. So all the chairs have got to be moved out. So, uh, so would you do that kind gesture for him? Uh, and, and if you have to choose between that or thanking him back there, I'm guessing Paul would prefer you move the chairs. <laughs> that would be my guess, uh, just knowing Paul well. So uh, just to encourage you to do that real quick and then stick your head back there and have a piece of cake and say thanks to him. And We, we do love you, Paul. Thank you for everything you've done and who you are and Excited for his new job that he's going to be taking here and uh, happy for him about that. And thrilled even more so that they'll be around. So uh, let's bow our heads and pray. And if you need prayer, come on down afterwards, all right? Heavenly Father, thank you for your grace that you hear our prayers even. That's truly an amazing, remarkable thing uh, that one so great as you would pause to listen to little old us. On some level, we do not grasp in normal moments just the gravity, the the significance, the 
the shocking nature of that very fact. We thank you that you've taught us that we can ask and have said that if we ask, we'll receive. And so, Lord, as we, uh, as we ask, help us to keep in mind and learn from those times when you say no or not now or later or you're just silent. Not because you don't care and not because you won't eventually respond, but because you're growing something in us or someone else or the scale of what we've asked for is so magnificently huge that it's a kind of request that can't be granted in a day. So help us to have the humility of spirit, the patience of, of mind and spirit to wait a week or two or a decade or two if that's what's required. Thank you that you care. Thank you for everybody who's here this morning, everyone who's listening, may your, may your spirit's blessing be on every one of us. Would you make of us men and women of prayer? And would you demonstrate your mercy and grace by hearing those prayers and answering them and growing us in the process? I know that's what you want to do. Would you go with us now? And we uh, express all this to you in the name of Jesus, our Savior, our Lord, who we want really, really bad in our lives. Give us more of him. This is our prayer. We lift it in the name of Jesus. And everybody agreed with me and said, amen.